Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Just coming on two minutes early. Had some technical trouble this morning and realized I'd sent everybody an email that didn't actually work. So I just thought I would come on a, a minute or two early. And uh, if you're coming on, then that's awesome. I'm glad to see you. Daniel David I Am is going to be joining us. And he should be along in a little bit. He also had a uh, some kind of glitch this morning. It's a glitchy day, I think. <laughs> and so let's uh, just pull up a banner here for Daniel. Or actually, that's ready to go. Good. And uh, if you're out there and you're in the chat, or you want to jump in the pet chat and let me know you're there, that would be great. We can have a little chit chat. I'm going to go live on Rockfin now, and I did share a link in the chat here. So if you prefer Rockfin, then you can jump over there. We are now live. And uh, yeah, there's so much going on right now. <laughs> really a lot. You must you must see it. People do tell me when I start getting into the high speeds that they're just like, whoa, they must be dizzy just watching me. And, uh, you know, it comes in waves, comes and goes in waves. And that's how life is. I don't mind a balance that gets as if thrown off, but you know, it's just waves. That's how nature works. And it looks like Daniel David is in the house. So I will let you get settled. And whenever you're ready to go, you can give me the thumbs up. I just came on early to uh, let people know I was on. If you're watching right now and you could help me share this out, whether on uh, Facebook or on YouTube or the Rockfin link that is up here, then that would be awesome. I'm also going to share with you this uh, blog link that gives you all the roads to Rome. <laughs> something like that. So this is the blog and apologies to those of you who showed up on it this morning and it wasn't, uh, wasn't quite set up. And uh, so without further ado, Daniel, are you ready to come on? You are. Okay. So we'll just chit chat, chit chat for a few minutes. Hello, Daniel. Um, just double check real quick. Is it, there's an alarm for a second. Can you hear me fine? Uh, a little bit. It's, uh, I've got my full volume. So yeah, for some reason, we're not hearing you that well. Yeah, hold on one second. Okay. I'm move a little bit closer to the... Okay, sounds good. So just uh, just give me a, a head. Do you want a minute yet to set up? And I can tell people about a few things while we're doing that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go okay. Ahead. okay. Yeah, it was like a hand but Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so that, uh, yeah, so we maybe get better sound. So just give me that thumbs up again when you're in a new place. And uh, yeah, so lots going on. Maybe I'll make my announcements now before we get started. And uh, Kyle Kent is coming, or pardon me, why do I always call him Kyle Kent? Kyle Denton, who is the creator and founder of Tippecanoe. He's going to be on Monday coming up, so watch out for a link for that. And um, coming up this week in the House of Free Will, Carolyn Tobin is going to be giving a two-part workshop on discernment. And it's uh, special for scapegoats. Put your hand up if you're a scapegoat, uh, especially in the last three years where people were feeling scared and uncomfortable and they were looking for someone to blame. And you were saying things that they didn't, you know, want to think about or believe. And uh, 
so then that's uh, going to be a really, really great workshop about how to, how to see, right. She's a professional seer that, that one, I love her a lot. Shout out to Caroline, if you're listening right now. And um, then on the 25th, that's in the house of free will, by the way, you need to apply to be a member of the house of free will. And, uh, and I want to make sure that you know about the 25th, there is a journey code open house coming up journey code. If you don't know what that is, is my coaching certification training. And so this open house, the, the training itself is in the house of free will, but this uh, open house is open to everybody. So you can come and jump in. I'm going to put the link in the chat just so that people can click on that if they want. And let's make sure hopefully that would link is going to come out clean there. And if anybody's around, come and let me know. Say hello in the chat. <laughs> Great to be here today. I'm so excited to talk to Daniel David again. I have a feeling this will be the first of many, many interviews, no pressure. <laughs> but uh, our conversations, they go really easy, really natural. Uh, there are very few people out there that I feel like they can be themselves and be authentic and just come with who they are and um, you know, neither have to put themselves down nor prop themselves up and make themselves look like some, you know, something great or even the other direction. Many people make the error of pride by saying, oh, I'm not, a, I'm not good. I'm not a good one. And Daniel's just a straight arrow. So I've been really tuning into his vibe. He, he uh, vibes. He does great videos every morning. These are fantastic, Daniel. <laughs> it helps me a lot. I go jump on my trampoline. I get, I get, high in a lot of ways and uh, come to the world a little more a little more um, ready for all of the what I plan for myself <laughs> and uh, do you feel ready to come on now are you settled yeah, big thumbs up okay fantastic so here comes Daniel okay so I am just prefacing this by saying a downtown area city we had to come to immigration to the I might, I might be playing a little bit of mute in between if there's any kind of noise. Uh, Daniel, your sound is cutting in and out. I don't know if you have access to a, a hotter spot with your internet. Um, or, um, maybe or maybe it's... Hello, hello, hello. hello. Oh, oh, darn, darn num Let me let see, me if, see I if I can turn off. Turn off. Something. Something. <laughs> so funny so when funny I hear when myself. I hear myself. Like and and so, hello, hello. Okay. Now, <laughs> turn off my Bluetooth. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Oh, much better because echo cancellation is already on. So good. Good. Okay. Oh, fantastic. So what, what I was saying is, you know, there's some different ambient stuff going on. It was crazy. I'm here at this restaurant with my family and it was silent the whole way until about five minutes till 12 and all of a sudden they started playing music and i'm like what ah. so hopefully hopefully we can vibe and flow and it's not too disturbing whatever if it is i have to play with the mute a little bit okay no problem the sound is perfect now and actually okay. i have a little background noise i'm going to turn that off because that'll probably help and uh, welcome to glenda thank you for joining us and letting us know it was was hard to hear and uh and now it sounds great to me at least i hope uh that's the case for everybody and so Daniel David, if you're not familiar with him, he is the creator of the Quantum Kingdom and uh, a musician and an entrepreneur, a visionary and a missionary. 
he loves Jesus and uh and but he's not caught in the way that I notice now you know I'm I'm on the chopping block already but a lot of Christians are caught and instead of bringing me closer to Jesus they push me away you know so this is my this is my invitation to all those people that are out there trying to say like you know are you a sinner are you aligned with Satan or are you you know they're always looking at you trying to measure and see do you do you measure up do you fit and and that doesn't bring you to Jesus so if that's the ultimate goal of any missionary, you have to imagine that is the goal. Then how can you turn that around and be the person that, you know, that I would turn to in a moment, in a crisis of faith of some kind? And so anyway, I just, I keep hearing this in my mind and uh, it's, and, and I see you as, as that kind of person. Daniel, is there on uh, concep is it, am I, a conception volcano on an island in Nicaragua? A very special place. I do see myself getting there. And uh, so Daniel's outside the box in, in the regular Christian world. And, you know, I came, I came with those same eyes. Honest, I have to admit, I came with those same eyes just looking in. I was feeling the vibe and I was attracted. And, uh, and then through several conversations with you, we've actually been coaching each other. I felt like there was something you had to offer me. You had things that I can uh, help you with. And then... There was this relationship started and, and very quickly I felt edified. Neither do I look to David. I just want to really preempt this and say, neither do I look to you as any guru, like you have all the answers, like you're going to lead the way or there's some second coming that you're, you're ushering in here. I think we want to talk about that at some point, but you're steady and you're doing. Let me your jump work. in because you already hit so many things that I'm like, okay. Oh, okay, hold that thought. Okay, here we go. Um, well, yeah, the, I'll start with the last thing that you said, right? Um, in Christ, you know, all of us hold a certain glory inside. All of us. And and even, even separating, you know, us from Jesus, which is a big pitfall of Western American Christianity, is, is, is a form of idolatry that we have created a a creation of our mind of a Jesus, you know, a concept of Jesus in our mind who's far separate from us and far unique and different from us that will never be like him. So we put him on a pedestal and we worship him as this separate thing. But the Bible literally says, as he is in heaven, so are we in the earth, right? So Jesus doesn't want to stay elevated above us, even though a lot of times we've been trained to put him above us. He constantly reaches down and grabs us and lifts us up to where he is. And there's an old Christian song, it's a classic hymn, and it says, um, lift Jesus higher, lift Jesus higher, lift him up for the world to see. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. That means he literally pulls us up to where he is and to what he is, right? And so. As long as we make Jesus something different than us, we won't honor men in the same way that we would honor Jesus, even though he says, when you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. So it's not like you said, it's not that you're looking at me as a special guru or I'm looking at you as a special guru, but I'm looking at you as equally holding some glory inside that I need in order to know the fullness of who I am. And that's how this is set up. It's a paradox that all of us have the fullness of Christ within us, but we don't know what that means. We don't know what that looks like until we see it on display in others. 
And and no one person can ever display the fullness of Christ. That's why it's a body. And it takes an entire body to manifest and reveal the fullness of who Christ is and all the strengths and all the gifts and all the talents and all the facets and attributes and aspects of the one Christ life. It literally takes a, a full body. It takes millions, right, to put on display the attributes of the invisible God. So, you know, so there is no one guru, but we are all glorious sons of God that we can eat, eat of and eat from and learn I learn who I, more of who I am by looking at you, right? And and that's the difference between the lens of oneness and unity as opposed to looking through the lens of duality. When you're looking through separation and duality and you're looking at other people and you see strengths and gifts in other people, a lot of times that causes insecurity, it causes jealousy, it causes comparing because you're looking at that person based on the differences, right? Whether it, there might be a different gender or a different color or whatever, and you're noticing the differences. So regardless of the strengths you see coming through that person, you feel like, well, that's them, not me, you know, and I wish I could be like that. And that's all based upon a lie of separation. It's based upon judging according to the flesh. But if you realize whoever you're looking at that's got some kind of strength or quality that you recognize, they are only doing that thing and able to do that by the spirit that is in them, empowering it. It's coming from the spirit. But the same spirit in them is the same spirit in you. It even says the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is inside of you in bodily form right now. So there, and the Bible says there's only one spirit. There's only one Lord. There's only one God. There's only one Father who is above all and all through us. So when you get that, when it clicks, you realize no matter what strength, no matter what you know, attribute I can recognize in another, what I'm seeing is a mere reflection that makes me realize something that I'm capable of doing, that I'm able to do. And so it's an activation. So when I see something from, I made a post the other day that just by entangling with you, you know, one of the qualities that I'm picking up on that inspires me is professionalism, right? You've got your thing going on. You've been doing it for quite a while. You, there's an order to what you're doing. And I'm coming from... I'm coming from being a very free spirit, just spontaneous in the moment. Even even prior to, like you said, these lives that I've been doing now, and I like it, and, I, and that is a quality that I'm drawing off of not just you, but a couple of different people, because prior to that, nobody would ever know when I was going live. It's just spontaneous, could be any random time of day, you just gotta catch it when it comes, it's like the wind, and there's no order to it, and, and my topics and themes aren't mapped out, it's just, Right now, in the moment, if I feel like it, I press live and I talk. But now, because we're leading up to this mastermind, I was like, well, if I'm going to find 12 people in 30 days that, that want to be in this mastermind, I've got to be putting out content that's relevant to the mastermind, right? And so, and then I talked to Cyrus about it. So I'm just going to start doing this every day at 9 o'clock. And for me, that's very different to my normal pattern or non-pattern. And, uh, and so... I drew some of that from you, right? And so I'm like, you know what? I, if, if this is something that I really want to grow in and pursue, I've got to begin to order and structure and create pattern and regularity. And then I, the other day, I just sat for like 30 minutes and I just, I just free flowed thoughts, one-liners, topics that would come to my mind, everything that I could think of that's relevant to what I hope comes forth from this mastermind. And like in 20 minutes, I had 60 things. I'm like, Bam, that's that's relevant topics for the next 30 days in a row. All I got to do is wake up every day and look at that one word or line and free flow on that. And uh, 
So yeah, so I think it's very important that we look at everybody equally in potential as Jesus, because that's what he said. He said that he, it was the Christ speaking through Jesus, that he is in everybody, even the least, even the last that you would expect, that he's in them all. And so the last thing I, I just want to, that was kind of long, but you mentioned something else that made me think, um, you know, the difference between, the Bible says that we have the ministry of reconciliation, not condemnation. The Old Testament was this ministry of condemnation of the law and sin and pointing out people's flaws and trying to judge them whether they're in or not, you know, and, but the New Testament through Jesus is a ministry of reconciliation. And it says that God was in Christ on the cross, reconciling the entire world unto himself. So our job is not to judge. Our job is not to even think we know if somebody's in or out. Our job, and our job is not to get Jesus in somebody. Our job is to open people's eyes to the omnipresence of Christ, that he is all in all, that he is in all. And if if they can open their eyes and, and believe, and it says faith comes by hearing. So if you just talk to people in love and, and you open their eyes to thinking of a God who's omnipresent, he's not in a chair in the sky somewhere in a specific location. It is an omnipresent light and life-giving spirit and that, that is giving life to all. There's no, not even the most wicked, heinous person on death row is not living by the grace of God. Like literally the moment and the breath right now is still the gift of God that God is giving to them. And the problem is we're alienated from that life in our mind. We don't recognize it. We're not aware of it. So we don't believe it. So we're not joined to it. So all we have to do is unveil a God who is loving and forgiving by nature and who's already omnipresent and already inside of them to reconnect them. That's what reconcile means, to reconnect their awareness to the life that's already in them. There's nothing you got to do. It's just we're just proclaiming what already is. And uh, so it's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful uh, breath of fresh air and relief from that old religious mindset and the performing and the works and thinking you got to save the world and, and you got to decide and try to discern everybody and figure out if they're in or if they're out or what spirit they're under or all that stuff. And uh, it's a very easy from rest, joyful, celebratory lifestyle, you know? Amen, Daniel. That's beautiful. Amazing. Amazing. Um, I, I love to go off. So we're going to talk about uh, what mastering the mind means, because that's something that in the new age world has been quite, you know, um, it's become almost narrative and rhetoric, but this is, we're bringing new meaning to it. I know you are, and, and, uh, and I'm down with that, but I wanted to talk about that, that order versus freestyle. And I, I've thought about this a lot. And there are two archetypes that, that, uh, as if govern over it's not really like that it's just in, it's, that are referencing it and you and you the order is the masculine right that that structure the, the the predictability that all of that kind of stuff and then and then the feminine is more the freestyle just like okay i'm going on and whoever feels the spirit or happens to catch it and and both of these work together so perfect and when you create enough order in your life then that makes room for all that freestyle to take place in a way that's not 
you know, just kind of going in every direction, having no particular goal or target or anything like that. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful demonstration what you're, what you're doing right now, bringing more, more of that order. And uh, that's the King hero way right there. <laughs> so, yeah, I appreciate that so much. And um, so let's, let's jump in and talk about the mind, right? It is one of those things. I, I almost never talk about it anymore. I will preface it by saying I did have a guru in India and I was studying all of the Indian scriptures and doing my meditations and having this, um, you know, kind of an indoctrination really about, about what mind is. But I'm, I feel like I'm coming around some full circle and seeing, okay, where did that go actually right? Where is that right? Where, where is it missing the target, if, if that's true at all? Because, you know, that whole Eastern philosophy is all about oneness. By the way, we did a fantastic interview on oneness in particular. I'm going to share this link in the chat as well. So in case you missed the first one that Daniel and I did, uh, then you can look at that. And, uh, and then, so yeah, the element of, of mind, um, it is a kind of, there's, there's a chance to lose yourself that, that you start thinking that it's all mind. It's all me. There's no, there's no, um, ultimate authority in, you know, that, and that's one of the things about King heroes, they get lost without having some authority that, that can keep them in check because as you rise, there are less and less people who can uh, help you in that place. And so I always say that the king that has God can be benevolent, can be loving, can, can lead people in a way that's not going to take them off of uh, their track, actually. And so I'll let you talk now. What do you think about all that? Yeah, I want to go back uh, a minute ago when you was talking about... Um, the male and female and kind of the free flow and the structure. And um, the first immediate thing that was coming to my mind was, you know, I'm going to, I wonder if I can sit over here in this shadow a little bit. First thing that came to my mind was thinking about, no, no guys, I'm on the phone. Uh, Saturn. Any, if you have any kind of background, uh, you know, don't want to trigger anybody. We're just, talking about general stuff. I'm not saying what I believe. I'm just saying in the in the subject matter realm of astrology or astrological influences, Saturn is usually related to that discipline, that structure, that order. And it can go both ways, right? All, all things have a potential shadow side and a potential light side, right? Or a, a beneficial, a positive application or negative. It's just like... Uh, you know, I always just use the simplest one, a steak knife in your hand. You can use it to cut a filet and enjoy a beautiful dinner. Or you could turn around and stick it in somebody's belly, right? So it's not about it's not about the particular function or tool. It's about how it's how it's wielded, right? And so me personally, I believe that hidden hidden deep, and it's not really that deep once you see it, it's right in plain sight, but deep beneath the general consensus of doctrines about what the Bible is about, right? So it's not even the words on the paper, it's the interpret interpretations and the definitions that man has given to the things on the paper. And they, you know, we create all these stories and the historicities and the context and the principles and, and the life lessons and the morals and all that kind of stuff. 
And oftentimes we miss this one under, this underlaying level or this overarching point and theme to the entire Bible as a whole, right? And on page one, it literally says, let us make them in our image and likeness, male and female created he them. And then you get all the way to the end of the Bible. And there's all this talk about the marriage supper of the lamb, this marriage feast, which is obviously the unification of male and female, right? And so we are somewhere in between, right? We are those who have been made in the image and likeness. Now, we rarely hear anything about male and female because we are being given, it's, it's the same kind of argument how a lot of people, you know, they are, and not wrongly so, they are suspicious or they're reluctant to just believe the Bible or the interpretations of the Bible because of the translation through the ages from the Hebrew to the Greek to the Latin to the English and, and not just language to language, but the truth that I speak Spanish fluently, okay? But the way that I interpret Spanish into English for you, if you have two other translators right next to me, it's not going to be word for word identical because it's coming, filtering through the mind of the translator as well. So in the same way that we have this, you know, potential evolution through translation, you have the same thing with doctrine. It, it, the Bible, the interpretation of the Bible, it passes through ages, through cultures, through civilizations, through, through the spirit of the times of those people at that time. And so by the time it comes down to us, we have received in the West, when I'm done, we have received in the West this all-male, all-masculine, patriarchal, um, systematic way of viewing it that does not give a place or recognize any, any aspect of femininity in God, in reality, and in ourselves. Like growing up as a man, that was a huge huge cross point about eight years of my life when I began I was digging in the other texts I was going through the apocryphal text I was going through the Nag Hammadi and, and the Gnostic text I was looking all over I had already looked into Eastern religions and I started noticing I was like how come every other place there is this other half of the equation there's this female part of the equation and I said it kind of makes sense but I had already noticed a few little things in the Bible like hey 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 I grew up, my boys are going crazy out here. I had, I, had, I had already started seeing things like in Proverbs 8, this woman, wisdom, and she says, I, wisdom, was there with the Lord from the beginning. I was the first of his acts, the first thing he brought forth, and through me he created all things. So I would turn to the first page of the Bible, and I'm like, well, where are you at? Like, show me, like, I see you here in Proverbs. You're saying that you're there in the beginning. You turn to the first page of the Bible, it says, in the beginning. So I'm like, where are you at? And then in the same chapter, I see, let us make them in our image and likeness, male and female created he them so i'm like wow and i started pulling on this thread and i started realizing oh my god it's through the entire bible it's through the entire bible but it's written in a mystery language and it even says this is the mystery hidden since the beginning christ in you the hope of glory so so we can see that the bible is written on purpose and intentionally as a mystery so that all the way till you get to the end just like any good mystery movie that leaves you hanging till the end the revelation don't come to the end, right? And the last book is called Revelation. So you get to the end and there's this revelation and there's a lot of this talk in the last book of the Bible. The woman of the heavens, clothed with the sun, standing upon the moon, wearing a crown of 12 stars around her head. The marriage supper of the lamb, 
the bride of Christ, right? There's all this feminine language, but we we miss it or we don't know how to interpret, so we force it to fit in the mold of what we already think reality is. And so we miss out on the revelation to us of ourself, of our being, right? And so this morning I was I was posting a few posts, uh, a few pretty intense posts about beliefs and about words and about how, you know, the spirit even revealed to me that there, that there's not even really such a thing as doubt or fear. And that's just coming from a dualistic mind that wants to split and categorize everything. But when you really look at doubt and fear, faith is believing that what you desire is going to work out in your favor. Doubt is believing that what you desire isn't going to work out in your favor. Fear is believing that suddenly some calamity or disastrous end is coming, but it's all belief. It's all belief. And belief is all about thoughts. Okay? And thoughts, what you think, what you believe, is forming, right? We talk about um, constructs, a belief system. You're constructing a belief system. You're building. And that's why Jesus said, not one stone of this old temple will be left unturned. A temple represents a structure that's dealing. A temple is a structure, but it's connected to a belief system, to a religion. So inside your heart, you construct, you structure, you frame up reality as you decide what you believe, right? And so that, that word is the male principle. And it says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God and all things are created through the word. So we create our experience, you know, our subjective experience of the world by what we call it. And so the, the negative connotation of a box, right? You said earlier that I'm, I'm out of the box. I live outside the box. And so we have this negative connotation with, with a box or with boundaries or with, you know, being inside of a framework because we don't want to be limited, right? So exactly. we have that idea, you know, you see all the time, like in the, you know, the esoteric symbolism of, of the occult or of, uh, you know, the conspiracy stuff, you see the black cube, right? Like we're inside of this box. We can't see and we're, we don't see the matrix. But the, the converse of that is all through the Bible as well. When you read that he put man in the garden... To, it says he put man in the garden to till, and I think it says uh, to till and keep or something like that. But when you look up the word, it says, it literally says to, to maintain a hedge, to maintain a hedge around it. And then when you look at, um, in the book of Revelation, it talks about heavenly Jerusalem coming down. And it talks about this temple coming down. And when you look at the measurements of the temple, it's a cube. It's a golden cube. Wow. So, so, so the same, we feel this negative thing about being boxed in because in, in the negative aspect, we get boxed in to a belief system of lies and we can't see the truth and we can't get out of this box where we've already decided, we've already agreed, and we don't even know that we boxed ourselves in to a program and we are in darkness and we can't get out because we can't even see that we're in. So that's the negative aspect of framing up with words. We get trapped inside of our, our structure, our, our belief system. But the opposite of that 
right? Because faith comes by hearing the word, hearing the word of God. And you begin, when you tear down that old temple, it says that we are living temples and that we are, we are building temples. And these kids are well now right here. We are building temples with words. They're like blocks. They're like bricks. And it says, starting with Christ, the chief cornerstone. So, so the words of Christ is a stone. We lay a foundation. And then it says, with the words of the apostles and the prophets, building upon that. So we're building up a new structure, a new belief system, a new systematic language through which we view the world. And to live inside of this box, bro, 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 to live inside of this box, this golden tube, it actually protects you. It protects you from the life. So by being inside, this guy is acting crazy right now. By being inside of, of for instance, my identity. Okay. Yes, I have a, a license that says my name is Daniel David Oskopinski. It says I'm almost 42 years old. It says I live in Florida. But that's not the truth of my identity because when it says, Starting with Christ, the chief cornerstone, I began in Christ before the foundations of the world. And I was known by God before I had a physical, visible body formed for me in my mother's womb. So I'm not the earthen vessel. I'm the treasure inside the earthen vessel. I am the mystery that's been hidden since the beginning, and I'm being revealed and unveiled. Right? So I have to guard my heart by, by, framing up, by framing up a structured reality that continually reminds me who I am in Christ, so that's inside of this box. I'm inside of these words. And I build walls that keep my heart from being penetrated and infiltrated by the lies outside. So there's actually safety inside of boundaries. And that's the job of a good father, to set healthy boundaries and to keep the risks and to keep you know, the threats outside so that they can't penetrate and get to his wife and kids. So everything has a two sides to a coin. Right. And so the, the father, whether it's the good father or the father of lies, the father is the word. The father is the word because reality and your experience of reality is is birthed out of words. There's no way around it. But the words can't be separated from the waters. And the waters is that feminine. It's it's a field of limitless potential. Right. The words Words are waves, they are movements within the waters, and waters are conscious. So in your consciousness, which is limitless, limitless potential, all things are possible to he who believes. Whatever you believe, you will perceive, even if it's the worst, most heinous lie. Whatever you believe, you will perceive, and all of your beliefs are formed out of words. So that free-flowing, like you said, that feminine waters of consciousness and, and limitlessness is becomes limited when when the word comes and brings structure and form so if you begin to say man i'm not going to be able to pay the rent this week you know and and there's no way i can do this well you have a limitless potential but as soon as you decide and you declare and you begin to form opinions and beliefs and structures you you collapse it from the waves into particles you collapse it from that limitless state into what you've decided. And uh, so the whole thing, that was a lot, but the whole thing is going on this journey. We're born into this world in the dark as babies, in the likeness of sinful flesh. And we don't know who we are or where we are or what we are. We get programmed by the world 
and we go on a journey to to remember where we come from and what we truly are in him and those that male and female that were there from the beginning they begin to be revealed to you you know your your consciousness and and the limitless infinite vast mind that you have and that you're in and your power to create and co-create within that field and and then you start realizing oh my god how much has already been created in you and through you up to this point you know that's awesome great rap yeah i love it uh, so many directions we could go in the Beliefs are something I've studied a lot about, and uh, I, I play with beliefs as much as I can. As soon as I recognize that I've got one of those boxes, especially if it's limiting, and even if it's not limiting, this is sort of like, uh, you know, takes it to another level to let the box go, because that in itself is an act of faith. You know, it's, it's, a, it's like a negative box if we have the sense, well, I can't. I always see that, you know, we're actually giving God instructions on how reality is to go. Not to say we're ruling over, but we're working together. And if you say, well, you know, I got this great thing coming up. We're going to talk about, about your mastermind that's coming up. So excited about that. And then, and then you're telling God, well, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think anyone's going to sign up. I don't think I'm good enough to, to you know, um, do this or all of that kind of thing. And then God's going like, okay. <laughs> all right, that's not my vision for you, but you're telling me, so then I'm going to create this reality for you. And then and then you rise up and it's like, no, I can do it. And here I come. And these are the actions I'm taking. And that itself is a box too. It is also can It also can be very supported by programming. And uh, I think it was Ian in the chat yeah, was saying about intent. Like your motive is yeah. to me the, the big thing. Where are you coming from? And then it becomes less and less that you're so married to your beliefs because a create to me a courageous person person will let that all go, all of the beliefs, and see what stands. Because uh, this is something this I'm on a soapbox for a second here, but I don't believe in reprogramming at all. I don't think that's our job. I believe God did all the programming, the the you know the good life supporting programming. It's all there. And then it's just a matter of letting go of, of the, the motive that comes from fear, like you were talking about before, that, that limits and that instructs God in, in, um, in ways that aren't going to serve us and, and, in, and therefore serving him. So, yeah, really beautiful conversation. So great. I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying because it's almost like, you know, if you, if you look at little children, I got a four-year-old boy, an eight-year-old boy, and you watch the seasons they go through as they grow in their capacity to do new things, right? Now my eight-year-old, he can climb a tree and he wants to, they, we want to test what we're growing in. You get a revelation, you realize you could do something you didn't know you could do or you didn't believe you could do before and you want to try it out. And so you want to put it to the test. And it's the same thing with manifesting. It's the same thing with creating. It's the same thing with all of that. Um, and I'm in a new phase of that where I'm, aligning more with what you're saying because when I first started because I was used to living in lack and poverty mindsets and being bound by certain agreements that kept me stuck that when I started breaking free from them and realizing I was doing that to myself then it was like oh my god I can I can decide you know and I started creating and I literally speak, speak things out sometimes 24 hours later huge things just appear and show up and so you can get 
almost to where you want to keep proving to yourself or proving in period what's possible and what, like you said, and that's still coming from, it's coming from the other side of the same program. Um, and there's this other verse and it says, even greater than you could hope for or imagine, I have stored up, right? So it's like, there's this balance of exercising your faith and imagining and seeing things and then releasing it and letting it go and being like, but you know what? Because cause otherwise you do limit God by thinking you know the exact thing. But if you, if you, if you exercise your imagination and you see things that are exciting to you or whatever, but you can also release it and but say, but you know what? It doesn't even matter. You're allowing, you know, God to know the desires of your heart, but you're allowing grace to come in and surprise you and overwhelm you and overcome you by doing even way more than you would have imagined or more than you could ever do on your own because it permits surprise and fluidity, right? It's like, yeah, you got an idea, you put it in the field, but at the same time, it's just a thought. It's just an idea. And you allow God to work with your idea, but to also surpass what you were seeing or what you were believing in those moments of like, oh my God, I would have never even thought this. You know, I would have never even come up with this. Um, but a lot of times he does it in partnership because it says when you delight in the Lord, he give you the desires of your heart. So a lot of times like he honors you having desires and ideas. But if you can hold loosely to them, he can take them, but also magnify them and surpass where you were seeing it going. And, uh, and it is a beautiful thing of like catch and release, right? It's like hold and let go and be totally fine with either one. I love catch and release. That's so great because it, nothing will happen otherwise. You can't just sit back and, oh, you know, God's going to do everything for me and, I, you know, all that structure and he has a plan for me and I'll just sit here and wait or, you know, wait for a message or a sign or some kind of thing. It's not like that. It's when you risk. And I love, I'm thinking about your babies right now. Every time they risk something, even though they might not have any sense of how it's going to work or if it's going to work, or, you know, if they create a structure of some kind, we can be that childlike where it's like, okay, well, this is what I know so far. I'm going to create this structure. I'm going to put out this message. I'm going to, you know, create a course or whatever it is. And, and there's always this like, I don't know, <laughs> kind of thing going on in the background. But, but then it's like you say, God comes in and um, uh, brings the majesty, right, That's, that is further humbling to you and further greatening of, of the work that you're doing and the value that you bring to the work. So, yeah, you have to, you have to risk. There's no, that's why they call it the hero's journey. You can't, um, you know, you, you, it's not the tiptoe through the tulips and lay on the beach. It's the like, okay, let's dig in. And then, and then knowing you're going to have to let it go. So you just said it perfectly. I just want to repeat it, everything. It makes, me think of, it makes me think of this verse that says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, right? But, but then you look at the other verse and it says, faith without works is dead. So you could swap that out and say, you know, without works or without stepping out there and going for it, it's impossible to please God, right? And so there is this chain reaction, right? Because God, God is not like faith. People think it's all about faith, faith in Jesus, and it's all about faith. But faith is literally just the doorway into knowing. 
And God is all about getting us into the knowing. And the only way that you can know is through personal experience. I believe things that I've never seen. I don't know. I've never experienced it before, but I believe it's possible. But I know what I have experienced. And that's why it says they overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, because I can testify of what I've experienced. And so we settle sometimes for just believing, whether it's blind faith or we're like, yeah, I believe, I believe. But faith is the catalyst to get us into a growing knowing, going from faith to faith to glory to glory. So if you have the faith to take action, you're going to have an experience. And that experience becomes knowledge and the knowledge gets added onto you. And you're like a star, right? That begins to grow and grow and grow. And, and the light of the knowledge of God, that's what it says. It says that the, it says that the knowledge of the glory will cover the earth like the seas cover the waters. And it's all about the knowledge of God. This is eternal life, Jesus said, to know God and believe in the one he sent, Jesus Christ. So he sent Jesus into the world. Oh, we might be having a little internet glitch there. Okay. So he sent Jesus into the world so that Jesus would speak a word so that you would believe here and believe the word and take action so you could have an experience and know for yourself. But people are so scared to speak from knowledge. No, I know this because I've experienced it, right? And it's because a lot of people don't have experiences with God because they don't have the faith take a chance to step out by faith and, and walk on water and have an experience. So a lot of times faith, even though it's a good spiritual word, it can be a cop-out because we can talk about faith, but some kind of faith that's not equated with action so that it doesn't lead to experience and it doesn't become personal knowledge, you know, but everything is about getting you to walk through the door of faith into an encounter for yourself so that you keep growing in knowing and because, like, for instance, you know, me, I was a missionary for many years. And I still live in a third world country with my family. And so there's a lot of faith walking for us on this journey, right? I don't have family down here. We don't have a support system. We don't, we're a lot of times we're just, we're taking risks. We're just making moves. But God has come through for me and provided for us financially in miraculous ways so many times that when I get in a situation where we don't know where it's coming from, you know, there may be moments of stress or whatever, but it's never a question of, is he going to come through? Is a solution coming? Is the money? No, no, it's not even a question for me because it's literally been, you know, if not dozens, over a hundred amazing times throughout the last many years that every time we get down to whatever the test is and we persevere and we believe something happens, something comes through, a person appears. And so when that comes, I'm, I don't have a blind faith or a hope about it. I know that it's going to work out. I know that he's going to come through because I have that, those testimonies. I have that accumulated, acquired experience, track record with God to, to move from. And it's not, it's not hard to just believe and expect a solution, right? Because it's not an empty blind faith. It's coming from knowledge. I have a personal experience, a journey with God. And that's where people get stuck. And you look at like, yes, everybody has the potential to, create from that place of being motivated by pure love, pure I am from, from God's vision. But because we have so many experiences, unfortunately, that make us know that, you know, we're not supported, we're not loved, we're not 
you know, held up higher than we can hold ourselves. that it has certain gravity. And, you know, even physiologically in the brain, I was looking at um, um, George Carey's book again a little bit, this uh, it's Zodiac and the Salts of Salvation based on a workshop yesterday and how the brain is, um, one of the words that's used is uh, like cerebellum and cerebrum and seri, it means seed. And it also means a wax-like substance that's very easy to write and etch in. And I started seeing, even if it's a metaphor, it's like, you know, it, I, I'm busy itch, etching in my, you know, seed brain and God is etching in my seed brain. And then, and then those pathways that I can, then I have to create discrimination. Like, am I going to keep traveling that pathway that says I can't do this? I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. I need to get things perfect before I do anything. That's all the programming. I can't win no matter what I do. Am I going to just keep on making that a deeper groove in my seed? Or am I going to pick up on these other, you know, what might seem like flimsy threads or again, you know, that you have to trip and, and fall through it. And then, and then you end up building such deep grooves that you just know, same with me, like, you know, I've, I've been to the brink of death. I've had many uh, fall downs since then. Also, I've had my whole world ripped out from underneath me several times and have I always gotten back up? Have I always healed? Have I always found on, on the other side of that programming? Have I always found fresh new life and inspiration and keep going? Always, right? So it does become a power. That's where faith is, is like faith exercise becomes such a muscle. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's awesome. It's kind of like, so, and, and I was just thinking about, because somebody this morning on the post about, uh, I was talking about beliefs and he was like, I've learned, he said something like, belief still takes effort, like you've got to do or try, but knowing is effortless. And I said, a lot of times it's not either or, right? It's yes and, it's both of those. And I, and I shared that verse where it says, this is eternal life to know God and believe in the one he sent. And so it's like, when a new challenge comes up, there's something in front of you. There's a trial. There's an uncertain outcome. You can look back at your experiences that you've already been through and you know exactly how it was and what you went through. So there's a certainty about that. And you've got to draw from that and turn around and apply it to what's in front of you, which it's uncertain. You don't know how it's going to turn out, right? You don't know how. You have no idea, but you can draw from that certainty that it will. So it's a combination of knowledge and belief. Right. So you look back at what you know you've been through and you draw power from that to look forward at at what you've got to go through. And you can know that you're going to make it. You don't know how, but you're just believing it's all about to line up. Whatever whatever is needed is going to come through. And so it's really both of those. Right. And I think that's another like, you know, everything is so multidimensional. And that's even another layer of masculine and feminine. I think that faith is a very feminine thing. Even the word faith is a, a feminine word. Whereas knowledge, right? We think about light and knowledge being this um, masculine word. Jesus said, I am the light. He's the king of glory. He is the knowledge of God. He's the one who knows God. He said, nobody before me knows knew God. If you want to know God, look at me. So Jesus really embodies this light of knowledge. Um, and Mary really embodies faith, right? This angel Gabriel came to her, told her, you know, the Lord is going to plant his seed in you, the son of God. 
And she just put up her hands and said, be it thou done unto me. She had this great faith. And so that's, it's another, it's another, you know, level of this masculine feminine dance inside of us that we've got to learn how to harness both of those things, faith and knowledge for our, our situations. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So would you like to talk about what you've got coming up, the power and wisdom mastermind training? So that's been uh, really fun for me to look into and, and, uh, you know, help you tweak a little bit. And I think I'm diving in myself. I'm going to be part of it because I want that fellowship for myself. I create a lot of fellowship around me, but uh, so it is, uh, it is coming up. I believe you're starting August 15th and what's, what's up with that? What are you going to be offering people? Okay, so so about about a year ago, um, I birthed my first course. It was called Quantum Creativity, and it was a it is a message that I had at that time cultivated inside of me um, for about seven years. Um, I had shared on it, you know, over the years in different seasons, publicly doing lives and stuff, but I had never really like uh, articulated and formulated the whole message right and laid it out, and I. I had this group of people, they were signed up for a totally different course. It was called Music Making 101. And uh, for some reason, like the spirit told me, invite them and do this spontaneous weekend immersion. And we entangled together for three and a half days. It was people from five continents, seven countries. And I don't know, there's between 15 and 20 of us. And for three and a half days, I mean, all times of into the night, some of them were in New Zealand, you know, four o'clock in the morning, catching the Zoom sessions. And it was a crazy entanglement to where we really entangled with each other through technology, but in the spirit. And, you know, the message that was pouring out of me really impacted them because most of them had never, never really seen or visualized some of the stuff that we had talked about on the first interview that we did talking about being seated in the throne and really using your imagination to, to place yourself there and to feel it. And to look out at the world from that perspective and that vantage point. And it was amazing the things that started happening in the group for people within days. I mean, testimonies, people were creating things. They were doing things that they had dragged their feet and procrastinated on. And many of us became like best friends. Well, long story short, I put out that course and I began to want to make it a retreat where people could come down to the island, have a a several day immersive encounter going through that same um, revelation. And as I was, you know, studying some other coaches who do retreats and, and learning some stuff, I thought, you know, it'd be powerful for me to have a mastermind and to bring in a diverse group of people to give me outside input from a, uh, a variety of different skill sets and backgrounds and let them tell me things that they would do that I would have never thought of or ask me questions to so I, I invited about 12 close friends who was each one of them like a very niche background. And if- oh, we might have a little connection issue for a moment here. I'm sure Daniel will be back with us. I'm going to grab the link actually to. Uh, and, back. and you're back. Okay. Um, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you again. Okay. So there was about eight of us who met every week for the last three months of 2022. And I, I was, they, all, they all immediately said, I'm on board. But as I began to frame it up, I was like, you know, 
I don't want them to feel like I'm just using them, you know, and they're showing up every single week in a mastermind to help me launch my retreat. And I thought about how to, how to frame it up in a mutually beneficial way that everybody actually gets blessed by being a part of it. And we established this round table um, cipher to where every week we would, you know, we would have small talk and, and time where it's about everybody, but every week we would focus on one person in the group and whatever their current goals were, their current, um, you know, next move that they were going to make a couple of people in the group, they wanted to write their first book, launch and publish their first book. A few of the other ones had certain businesses that they've been waiting to launch. And so it became this amazing cipher to where every week um, we'd show up and we'd focus on one person in the group and let them just lay out on the table where they're at, what they're working on, what their current challenges are, uh, you know, what their obstacles, their lack of information, they don't know how to do what the next thing is. And then all the rest of us, we would begin to ask them questions. We'd begin to give them uh, ideas and insights from our background or our skill set and knowledge. And the person would walk out of there 90 minutes later with this amazing bullet point list of things that they could immediately take action on to get them closer to the fruition of their goals. And the amazing thing was none of us really expected um, how deeply entangled that we were going to become in relationships. We almost all became best friends. Four of them became my board for quantum. Got a little glitch again. And, oh, there he is. <laughs> You're back. So, yeah, he was saying four of those people. I, I love that about the entanglement that, uh, because that's kind of what we're here for, right? That's uh, the, being the body of, you can't be the body of Christ if you don't get entangled with people. Uh, that that actually is, oh, there you are. Not sure why the signal keeps going out. But anyway, all of us, all of us became pretty much best friends over the course of that three months. I mean, we were already friends. You know, a lot of people were people from my tribe that have been kind of walking with me for a couple of years. But because I'm on here, I'm kind of like you. I'm broad. I'm all over the place. I'm doing a lot of things. A lot of times that hinders me from being able to really go as deep as I could in personal relationships, you know, with a select few. And so it was the opportunity for me to really do that, to go deep with a select few. And we just became entangled in everything. We're just, and, and on the last week of the mastermind, it was like, guys, I know we love gathering every week and it's been amazing, but I've got to end. It was the end of the year. It's like everything must come to a conclusion. Everything has its season, you know, and, and I'm going to have to wrap it up. And um, it's been an amazing time. We're like, no, we don't want it to end. And the funny thing is it kind of never did end. You know, we, we, we ended the mastermind, but we didn't end our constant, continual entanglement with each other in each other's lives. And, and so it just, it folded over into, eventually I invited four of them if they would be interested in becoming my board as we grow Quantum Kingdom Creatives Academy. And, uh, and so now we're partners. So now I've actually made them minority partners in the, in the company as we grow it together. And, um, and so I asked them for input and I said, hey, so, so give me feedback. Give me feedback about the mastermind and how it was for you and what was the value. You know what I'm saying? Like what was, what was the value of what it added to your life, what it enabled you to do? 
and I've got amazing testimonies from all of them. Um, and I began to see this mastermind as a way because I had I had about to started to coach and I was being coached by somebody else. And they was like, you know, one on one coaching is not really where it's at these days. Like group coaching, if you, if you want to be time efficient, group coaching or hybrid coaching system. And uh, so he put that idea in my mind. And so I really started seeing this mastermind as a way of giving a lot of benefit impact to a multiplicity of people without it consuming all my time. And so now we've evolved the idea from, you know, just meeting up once a week to doing it as a hybrid coaching system where we're bringing in multiple coaches, right? So myself, Cyrus, and you said, hey, I'd be down to participate and, and add two. And I'm going to add a few other close friends who bring, you know, very niche skill sets to the table. And so it's going to be a variety of coaches, probably wind up being about five or six coaches over the three months. And um, so a lot of one-on-one -on -one sessions, a weekly 13-week roundtable mastermind. We're going to divide that 12 people that we're taking on into two groups of six. So really throughout that 13 weeks, each person in one of those groups, they get to cycle back around two times to a session where it's all focused on them. And everybody else in the group and the coaches present, we all collectively entangle with them on their, you know, their dream or their pursuit, their passion and purpose on whatever it is that they want to create and step into for their next season. And then they've got six weeks to take action on those things and come back and be reporting and giving us testimonies. We'll have a, a, a group chat that's every day, you know, entanglement, encouragement, prayer and testimonies and just support system, really. So you get daily entanglement in the group you get weekly roundtables and the cool thing about the weekly roundtables is even the weeks where it's not necessarily focused on you you're going to be picking up gems and nuggets every single week as you listen to all the wisdom and the good ideas you know let's say let's say scotty right here he wants to start a pizza shop and everybody's given ideas and it could be marketing ideas it could be you know just all different types of ideas to help him with his thing but many of those things more than likely will be relevant to what you're doing in some way so even in the weeks when it's not about you you're grabbing hmm i wonder somebody was trying to call me so even even in the weeks when it's not specifically all aimed at you you're they're trying hard to call him <laughs> I always do that. I always call twice. Grab a, a, a variety and a diversity of wisdom, of nuggets and gems that you could use to apply to what you're doing. And um, so it, it, variety and diversity is key, right? A lot of times like likes attracts like, and we hang out with people who are like us. But if you only hang out with people who are like you or who do what you do, it's hard to get outside perspective. It's hard to get like out of, out of your norm input so to be able to be entangled in a group who's very diverse and into all different kinds of things but allow them to look at you know and and another thing one of the one of the women i've been talking to that joined in the group she doesn't even necessarily know what she wants to do her thing is she has not trusted people enough for years to let down her guard and be vulnerable and naked and unashamed and really allow people to see her so she doesn't even know her real authentic self because of walls that have been up, because of abuse, because of 
things in her past. So like for her, literally just the ability to have a safe place and a safe group that she knows, you know, she knows me, she knows a few of us. She's literally stepping out of the boat and on the water just to be a part of a group that she's going to, for the first time, let her guard down and find out who she is by allowing people to see her and, and, and push her into her fullness, into her full expression. And so it doesn't have to be about business, about entrepreneurship, although it can be. Others, it's artistic expression. One of the women uh, in the group, she wants, to, she wants to write a children's book. And she said years ago, she made a promise to herself that by the time she was 80, she's got this idea for a children's book that's all about in, in implementing in them who their identity is in Christ, right? In a, in a cool children's book. She's had the idea for years and she promised herself by the time she was 80, she was going to do it. And she's months away. She's months away from hitting 80. And, you know, she, she needs a support system and she needs people that may have knowledge on how to go about it and so she's going to come into the group and she's going to allow us to empower her encourage her even give her some skill sets and point her in some directions i got friends from the last mastermind who did that one of my best friends she's on my board she launched her first children's book and now it's on kindle and amazon she's getting royalties so we can help her navigate and walk that same path right and like i said some other people it might just literally be a social thing where to just break free from fear you know, and, and from timidity to not be yourself, to not fully own your full expression, it's living in a lie. You know what I mean? Impartiality is like living in a lie to not fully be yourself. And so whatever the thing is, if it whatever the thing is, if there's something you want to break through, whatever the limitations, whatever your desire is, right? If you could be doing anything, you would be doing anything right on the other side of that veil for that next season in your life. What would it be? Identifying that thing and also identifying what are the current obstacles and challenges standing in between you and that. Why aren't you already there? And allow a group of people, you know, of like mind and like spirit, help you to see your situation from the outside with multiple sets of eyes and, and really see it and to give you input and encouragement, motivation, ideas, and walk you to that finish line. And it's a 90-day um, process. We're I'm here right now. I've been mapping out, you know, just key things that I want to walk through succession in these 13 weeks and make it a pattern that we all go through. Everybody's gonna, it's gonna be unique for everybody, but all collectively we'll kind of ride a sink and a wave through those 13 weeks. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it, even just from the lives, like you said, mentioned early in this video, even the lives that we've been doing every morning and just, you know, just throwing out their free value. Um, just to be a blessing to anybody. And even just those lives, man, there's so much gold in those conversations. And, uh, and so we're really expecting, I've, I've got my own goals that I'm gonna set for that 90 days and walk through as well. And, and we're really believing to see breakthrough, supernatural breakthrough, a lot of freedom, a lot of excitement, a lot of testimonies and fruit come from it. And ultimately, and I know that you know, like there's no more satisfying thing than to see people expand from faith to faith, glory to glory, freedom to greater freedom, be in their full expression, like living their authentic destiny scroll, walking out what they came here to do. And uh, it's awesome, you know, to be a blessing. You, you as well as some other, I have coaches as well. I think it's very important 
to have coaches and mentors, the wealthiest people, no matter how wealthy and powerful you get, everybody needs coaches and mentors and, and people who can help push you. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. That sounds amazing. I'm going to share a link right now to the uh, the mastermind. So if anyone wants to have a look at that and have a conversation with you, because it's by application only, and I am honored to be contributing to it. So I'm going to be helping with getting some insight, giving some insight about where you are on the hero's journey, according to archetypes and some uh, skills and tools, very simple tools about how to begin letting go, whether it's beliefs or programs or hard feelings. Very powerful, by the way, because you gave me a, a sample the other week and it was amazing. It's really profound how easy and simple, you know, just pointing somebody's attention to what's going on inside of them can really open up a lot of insight. Fantastic. Yeah, you're a rock star at that. And it can be hard for King Heroes because they want to rise above all the, you know, not, not love stuff. And, uh, and, and you just dove right into it. So that's like amazing. And yeah, there's nothing like being surrounded by people because when you're trying to do anything great, you know, the, the more you press into your purpose, the, the greater that you realize and actually create in reality, what was in your vision, the more support you need, right? you think it might work the other way around that you become more accomplished and then, and then you become more independent. It's the opposite. And so, you know, the, the truth, the true path to me, is a very humbling one. <clears throat> we do end up being kind of all in together and I'm excited about your mastermind. I think it's going to be fantastic. That's exactly the kind of, you know, I have, I have beautiful community around me, shout out, but you know, a bunch of those people have been here or are here right now. I love you guys a lot. And then to have, uh, you know, worlds where where it's it can be just all about me one day, and uh, you know, and and have some of that input, and have ha get some have some breakthroughs maybe faster, because I'm involved a lot in helping other people all day long. And you know, so to just to kind of turn the table and and balance out a little bit more, maybe like we talked about earlier, the masculine feminine, then I think that's just going to be a, a huge treat for myself. To and, do. and play right because you've been tapping into your music stuff more and more and and yes. letting it resurface and your desire to start creating new music so you know we got to balance out work with play too. that's it exactly that the pandemic made me a, a total workaholic squared to the next level because everything seemed urgent and there was, you know, the, as much as I was handling my fears, there was still a big push. Oh, the world's going to end. We're in end times. The famine's coming. The economic collapse is going to happen. Now I actually feel uh, way, even all, even though all of that narrative and rhetoric is still out there, it isn't in my immediate consciousness. I am full on creating that. And I will never regret this. Even if everything falls apart, I'm not going to look back and go, oh, why did I spend all that time creating Right. I'm not, I'm, I know I'm not going to regret that because, right, because the experience goes forth with you. All the, all the wisdom, all the experience that you gained through doing those things, they go forth with you and they can all be done again. You know what I mean? Right. Right. You look, yeah. you look at Daniel, you look at Daniel and his best friends, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego when, and I think that this is honestly one of the key most important stories that we can really hone in on when it comes to all these speculative up in the air, who knows what's going on, how it's going to play out, all these signs of the times and all this stuff. Well, 
we know history repeats itself, right? And what goes around comes around. What is already has been. What has been will be again. Well, if you look at that and you do look at the story of Babylon came in and they sacked Jerusalem, right? They came in, they, they sacked Jerusalem and they took everybody captive and they brought everybody as slaves into Babylon. But the sons of God, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, these wise and righteous, faithful sons of God, they never lacked. They, they were recognized for what they carried, even by the pagans, right? Even by the, the heathen kings and the people who were ruling and reigning because they recognized the wisdom in them. And it says that they were 10 times wiser than all the magi of Babylon. And so even though they were Israelites, the king wanted them around. And the next thing you know, they were advising the king. So even though their country had went into slavery and servitude, Stop calling me. Even though, even though it's true, their their country was taken. Uh, you know, they were they lost in war. They were taken into servitude. And you can apply that. Let's just let's just go out on a limb and say hypothetically, let's say something happened with Russia or China or any of these potential stories, right? He'll be back. <laughs> Young people won't stop calling me. We'll not stop. Um, I'll probably have to wrap up here in a couple of minutes, but for sure. even potentially, should another country or an economy collapse and some somehow there's a shift in power or something like that, it's all irrelevant. We look at the wrong things. Yes. You need to look at your connection to God. You need to look at the favor on your life, the divine protection on your life. It's irrelevant nations and man-made governments all that stuff. if you're if you're judging your safety your security your well-being based upon the nations and the governments of man you're already lost it we are it says that we are like pilgrims foreigners aliens passing through in a foreign land that we are not of here our citizenship is of heaven we are citizens of the kingdom of god Right? And it says that we are a nation high above every other nation. So when we are actually established in our true identity, our power, our authority, and our throne in heaven, and we live from heaven, and we rule and we reign over the earthly realm from our position in heaven, these governments, are it doesn't matter. That's not where our position and our authority is coming from. And so if one rises and the next one falls, or one falls our, none of that changes our position and our authority and our glory and our wisdom. And when you live like that, everyone else will recognize and notice what you're walking in and what you're carrying. In. But if you're, if in your mind, once again, into beliefs and agreements. He's popular. It's a lot of Hi, it's one, it's one of my young people. He's on the island. He doesn't know I'm over here. But if you're, if somehow your belief of your well-being is the Yeah, if your belief is dependent, I think. I, I, he's probably not going to stop. I'm going to say this one last thing, and I'll probably have to, I'll probably have to back out. It might be an emergency or something. But if your, if your well-being, if you're feeling peace, depends on which government is up, right? On on how the economy is doing, on how's the stock market doing, on any of that stuff, you are not in. You have no self-control. 
Okay, self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So the ability to control yourself is to control your mind, which controls your thoughts, which determines your emotions, which determines your actions. And if, if you can't control that, if the circumstances around you are not what you think they need to be, right, you're, you're going to be up and down. You're going to be on an emotional roller coaster. Because it, the truth is, we don't even know. You, you don't even know the truth about how things are going in the economy of the government. You're just going by hearsay. You're just going by the current rumors on TV or whatever they want to release and allow as rumors. We don't know. Nobody. You, know, you think you have privy access to the information of the economic systems inside the computers or the federal? No, you don't. Everything is based on hearsay. So if we're responding to the hearsay, Hey Daniel, do you yeah. want to do you want to check if that is in an emergency, and then because I can um, drop if you drop off and then and then okay. if you want to come in and finish your thought. Okay. Have yeah, thought. let me do that. Okay. Okay. okay, sounds good. All right, uh, what you just said to your hubby. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's uh, it's so true. I've watched so many people in this pandemic, I and mean, I think we all have. And there's certain people that they just you know they went down, and it was. It was, <clears throat> say, all loss. And and then some people had lots of loss and then lots of wins, right? Like, you know, I don't know if um, Melissa is around right now, but it, just as an example, <clears throat> right, instead of, she saw the writing on the wall, it was coming a little sooner for her. And, and when she saw the medical tyranny start to, you know, take off and take over, she's like, oh, looks like I'm not there anymore, right? She just decided, okay, that's not my beautiful world over there. She could have stayed in it. She could have let it schmuck her and inject her and shame her and, you know, wrestle with her desire to serve and help with people with their health. And instead she just went like, oh, I'm not there anymore. And look, I'm over here now and I'm having this good experience and I'm growing and I'm helping people in my vision in, you know, with much more freedom, of course, than she could do in, in her job in a medical institution. And, you know, one of, one of the coaches that I work with, um, she ended up getting married and getting new property and, uh, you know, like just her, her life took off during the pandemic and her business exploded in popularity because, of uh, nobody had anywhere to go. So she would, you know, open up her dance studio so everybody could have a place for, for dancing and joy and fellowship and stuff. It just exploded in popularity. And, you know, so people had different experiences. And I love that Daniel talked about Daniel because that was one of my questions. I uh, There's one more question I didn't get to at all. So we'll see if he comes back, but there might be other times. And just how, you know, even in captivity, even in the worst circumstance, Daniel rose to be an advisor to the king, to the king, right? That in my world, that's the alchemist, as I write about in the hero's journey, that that's, you know, it is a kind of pinnacle place. It's not, it's not the end. There is more, there's always more, uh, but, you know, because it, it cycles and it keeps going, but, uh, but yeah, it just, it's proof that you can work with God and, and 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 have that relationship with God. So here here Daniel's back sounds good, and uh, and and yet we got it. Bellatano, shout out to Melissa. Exactly. That's yeah. No, that I was talking about her. Daniel's back. Yay, awesome. Now he didn't. Now he didn't pick up. But I, I left him a message telling what was up and not to call. Okay. Okay. That's good. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I was just, just just to finish that point. I was just saying, you know, 
if you just look at the Bible is principles, you, you have to project yourself into each of the characters in, into a potential scenario, right? It's, it's symbolic. It's showing you all the potential types of scenarios we could find ourselves in, in life. And so if you do look at that situation, they weren't worried. They weren't shaken. Even when they were threatened, if you look at the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrown into a fiery furnace, you know, even at the threat of death and all of that, you see this very stoic, immovable security and faith that no matter what, they're okay and God's got them. And so if we can draw on that story, yeah, it's possible. It's possible that there be some huge shifts, you know, in the next years and whatever, but we, you either live one or two ways. You live allowing the circumstances of the world to tell you who you are and what's going on, or you live from the inside out telling the world who you are and what's going on. And uh, so if we look at that story of Daniel, which obviously I was named after him, so I have a special affinity to that story. But if you look at that story, it really gives you a confidence that it's irrelevant. Because you could literally be right in the midst of everything being destroyed in slavery and be elevated all the way up to the king's chambers because of the favor on your life and the supernatural wisdom that God can give you in those times. And uh, so if we really tap into that in expectation, you know, it's irrelevant where we are, what's going on around us. It's coming from the inside out. It really is. That's way to end. There was one more big question I had for you. If you don't have time for it, maybe we could make another time and make a whole stream out of it because it is a big topic. Just how you survived a meth addiction. Almost nobody comes back from that. It's a very sad story. I've seen it kind of close up with a an ex's son that uh, it's not getting better. It's only getting worse. So do you want to save that for another stream? I mean, I can just give like a brief, concise thing here and maybe another day we can go deeper into my testimony like the younger years or something but sure um you know drug addiction as a whole uh i grew up in a very religious it's really a weird paradox because i say very religious the very first years were super religious and then there was kind of like this second phase that was very it was very confusing because there was like no religion like for a long period, like we didn't even go to church or anything, but there were still these strict ideas, you know, it was like, but there was no actual like practice or fellowship or anything going on. And then I would even find contradictions like, you know, I, I first came across porn um, hidden in my house or or alcohol hidden under. And I'm not saying that these were all, all the time constant things. They were like one off incidents, but they threw me into confusion. Right, because I always heard this one message on the front, especially from my dad. But then there were these couple occasions where I I came across things like pornography or alcohol hidden. And it's kinda like when it's kinda like how they say about children whose parents tell them about Santa Claus. And then the first time that they find out Santa Claus isn't real, it destroys this ability to just fully trust everything that comes out of their parents' mouths like God. Like there's no reason to doubt mom and dad until they realize something that big they made up. And now there's this huge contradiction and confusion in them as to what what's real, what can I believe. And so it was kind of like that with me because I had always heard all this 
religious stuff. Like we was only allowed to watch Disney and everything was bad and everything is evil. And then I'm finding some cold beers hidden under the car seat or I'm finding a porn mag hidden over here. I'm like, what the heck? Meanwhile, they don't know that I know. So there's a front still being put on and I was, it was very strict. I wasn't allowed to go out. I wasn't allowed to do anything. So I had friends that were in the streets. I had friends that were doing drugs. I really wasn't allowed to go out much. So I'm grateful now that I would dibble and dabble on the weekends, but it wasn't until I was 18 that I just left. And I was counting down the years because I felt so restricted and I hated, I had so much hate in my heart, so much confusion in my heart. So when I left at 18, I, I got into trouble. I was in and out of jail and somebody gave me for my first time um, a pill, a prescription pill. And I normally wouldn't have been interested in that, but I really, I just wanted to forget my situation. And so I took it and I had an experience. And this is what was crazy. Like one of the reasons that we get into drugs or we keep doing drugs, whether we know it or not, it's because we are in some way having a spiritual experience. We are tapping into beyond just the concrete physical 3D matrix, right? And so I'll never forget that first time I was sitting on a couch and I wanted to change the channel and the remote was next to me and I was looking at it from the corner of my eye and I was thinking, pick up the remote, change the channel, but I couldn't move my arm. So there was like a disconnect between my mind and my body. And, you know, that one thing that says about the Bible says the word of God is so sharp, it's sharper than any double-edged sword, sharp enough to divide spirit from soul, bone and marrow and discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And so the weird thing is, even substance, even substance can play a part in that separating or that dividing of spirit, soul, bone, and marrow to where I realized, because before that moment, I, I was never even aware of my mind, really. I never, I never really, nobody ever, never, nobody ever directed my attention to my thoughts or to my awareness or anything. But suddenly when I tried to move something with my body and I couldn't, but I was aware that I was thinking it, this experience happened where I realized like the difference between my mind and my body. And I was like, whoa, if that makes me feel like that, I wonder what all the other stuff does. So like within two days, I was on trying ecstasy and I loved that. And then I got on that for a while. So that became like every week leading up to the weekend. Can't wait to the weekend. And we go out partying for the weekend. And, and then I got out of jail one time and I wanted to get back to doing that. And all my friends had moved on to Coke. And I was like reluctant, but it's all that was there one day. So I'm doing coke. Next thing you know, I'm doing coke like every night. And uh, and I was just an extremist, man. Really, I got it was just I was just escaping. I was escaping this feeling inside that this isn't reality. Right? I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what reality was, but I knew that I was being given a story and a program and that I was being pushed towards the status quo of whatever they are framing up for everybody else. Go to high school, maybe go to university, and go chase a career. Or if you don't go to college, then go get a factory job or a cash register. I was being, I was seeing this assembly line that they're pushing us all down, wanting us to become a cog in the wheel. And I knew in the pit of my stomach, like that's not me, but nobody was telling me what else is there? Nobody was telling me. And so I just was checking out and escaping. And so I would do anything you had. Like, it, it was bad to the point it was like, 
you could literally hand out uh you could hold out a handful of random pills and i don't even need to know what they are and i'm taking them and uh you know from huffing computer duster to popping random pills and then so at one point um i was at somebody's house and this guy grabs me from behind and i turn around and it's this guy that i met in jail when i was 18 and i was working in the, the kitchen staff and he knew mutual friends of mine, so I hooked him up a couple times. I got him a cigarette, I gave him some extra food. When he got out of jail, he was cooking meth. And he told me, he's like, I never forgot that, that you looked out for me. And his, his way of paying me back was, now I'm going to look out for you and put me on. You know, and he started taking me into the lab. And I'm saying a lab, it was a hotel room, very ghetto operation. <laughs> but started bringing me around, and, and I got into, you know, doing dope. And it was a couple of years, hardcore. I mean, towards the end, it was sleep once every five, six, seven nights. Uh, so I, I definitely lost my mind. It was very unstable, very, you know, probably bipolar, schizophrenic, all that kind of stuff, hallucinating all the time. And, um, and yeah, and it was very hard to get out of because still nobody had told me who I am. I, so my self-esteem was shot. I had no self-esteem. I had no self-worth. I had no self-image. I had no self-love. And so no matter how much was available to me to do and to try to escape, it was never enough. And uh, so it was when I was just before I turned 22 in jail, I found this book. It was one of my grandmother's favorite authors. His name's Andrew Murray, classic Christian author from South Africa, I believe. And, uh, and my grandmother was the only bridge left that wasn't burned. And she was the only one still coming to visit me. So I believe, I really believe that she supernaturally prayed this book in because it wasn't even a, it wasn't a jail library. It was a little cart just with two rows of books. And there was just this book. It caught my eye and it happened to be one of her favorite authors. And it was a book called Absolute Surrender. And it was all about the grace and love of God. And that no matter what you do, how much you do, you can never earn God's love. You can never be good enough to deserve or to earn God's love. But he's always already loved you from the beginning because that's who God is. And God's nature is to unconditionally love all and to give the grace to overcome, you know, sin or or lies or or um, slavery, bondage, you know. And and so I I wound up changing my mind. That's repenting. I changed my mind and I came into an agreement with this idea that I was loved already not by my efforts not by any not by performance or anything that i could do because i grew up in a very religious thing that it was all about performance and that no matter how much good you did you'd never be good enough so it was the anti-christ message in a christian language that i grew up under that bondage and i got set free from that in a jail cell by believing coming into agreement that god loved me and he actually always loved me i just didn't know that and when i came into that belief and that connection with that that message covenant with that with that promise it was like i felt like i went from living in black and white to living in color it was like rainbow light came in the in the jail cell and it was like i came into reality i could see what i couldn't see and then little by little i began to start loving other people because i didn't know holy spirit uh i didn't know how to uh, love other people because I didn't believe that I was loved so I didn't even really believe or know if I had love to give 
And, uh, and so little by little, I began this journey of loving myself, feeling that I was worthy to be loved. And then as the overflow, beginning to love other people. And, and it was a wild thing, even, be, even being able to just audibly say that to people. I love you to my parents. I love you to my siblings. When it was, a, it was an empty hate relationship in my heart. And to the point where I tell everybody I love them. You know what I'm saying? Like, tell everybody I love you. And at one time, point, I, I, I have been ministering to this guy. He's one of my best friends now. But he was a big coke dealer, real gangster, shootouts all the time, strip clubs. And, and God sent me to rescue him, basically. I didn't even want the assignment. And I took about a year and a half, really, to visit him every time I'd be in the States and, and just slowly give him the gospel and love him. And I would tell him that, you know, gangster guy. And I, when we leave, I give him a hug. I love you, bro. And when he finally, like, really intentionally accepted Christ, right, and accepted his identity, I gave him a hug. I was with a couple other guys. We give him a hug. I said, bro, get ready. Get ready because it's going to be really weird. But pretty soon you're going to be telling everybody that you love them. You're going to be telling everybody else. You're going to be hugging guys. You're going to be telling everybody that you love them. And it happened fast, you know. And so... In, in a nutshell, the way that I overcame addiction, and it wasn't easy because, you know, that first year, I would still get triggered. My insecurities would still get triggered. That was all I knew. Drug life for several years was all I knew. And I would still get triggered sometimes and run. And the next thing you know, I'm in the car driving to try to go find some dope because I want to escape this feeling of this moment. And man, God protected me so many times. I'd go to a place that was 24-7 dope going on. And for some reason... Nobody's there in the house locked, you know, and then I'm driving back home 15 minutes later, like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, you know, for, for just protecting me on this because my, my, my frailty wants to run. It wants to hide. And so, you know, it wasn't, a, it, it wasn't all an instant, completely changed thing overnight, but it, it came because I found the root of me wanting to escape and run into those things. It was the lack of identity. It was not knowing and believing that I was already loved, not understanding that I have this grace flowing through me to overcome whatever the situation was. And so that book that I found in, in that jail cell, and check it out. It's called Absolute Surrender. It's not that big of a book, uh, but really powerful principles um, that for me at that point in my life, it changed, it was a huge night and day change in my religious paradigm. Um, just from law and sin to love and grace. How amazing. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad I took the chance to ask right now. And uh, it's, it's a, it is, I see this vision that you're definitely going to be helping people in this arena. And, you know, addiction is a very broad spectrum from that, you know, real, you know, real low down where you, you don't know who you are and your life's at stake. And then, and then the high functioning, you know, realm of addiction that was more uh, the reality I grew up in. Like nobody was on the street, bills were paid. But anyway, I won't keep you too long. And uh, this is something that I hope you you help a lot more people with in the future because that's a power you 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 have uh, exercised and and made that muscle strong. So I think you'll you'll serve others very well that way. So thank you, thank you, Daniel, for joining me. Even in in our chaos, I had chaos in my morning, and you had chaos in in your morning. But we just I never get calls like that. So what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, total pleasure. And uh, and so thing real quick. Yes. Uh, cherry on the top at the end. I do make music, powerful, prophetic, <laughs> revelatory music. 
if you want to check out oh it's right there danieldavidim.com and you can stream both of my albums for free loads and loads of testimonies you know and just stories of people being impacted um, by the content literally just some of the times just the frequency and vibration uh, feeling of the music but very powerful topics you know encapsulated in fun songs and so definitely check out my two albums rain and renaissance absolutely yeah that's how i came to david it is a kind of beacon around the world and uh, you can share that url danieldavidim.com with anybody they can listen for free over and over and over and over again and uh and it's in the show notes as well below so if for some reason you don't want to go through the chat if you're listening to the recording, then you can just click on that. There's also a link to the mastermind so you can see more details and uh, hit Daniel up for a call if, if you want to talk about that. And um, so thank you, Daniel. I'll stay on for a couple of minutes and finish off with just uh, chatting with people here in the chat. But uh, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a, a thank total you so pleasure. Much. Okay. Talk you very much. Okay. Lots of love. <laughs> There you go. So much truth in the music. I know. Yeah, it's it, there's threads to follow there. I had a hard, really hard time with music after just kind of coming back to more Christian roots, if you can call it that. And uh, uh, thank you, Lamb Shop. I totally appreciate that. That's awesome. And and then, yeah, so it, I'm a little starved for music. I was starved for my own music because I was a workaholic and I was starved for anything decent to listen to. So when I found Daniel David Iams music, I got so excited. I thought, oh man, there's probably a whole genre of people out there that do this kind of music. Well, I couldn't find one other. And I asked my friend like, who introduced me to his music, anything like that? He's like, nope. And I'm like, oh, darn. So thank God he had two albums, not just one, because they really burn in my brain. And it has ultimately brought me back to my own music, which I find very beautiful there. I have a new I have a new vision that Daniel and I are going to record together. And uh, so we'll see. Uh, you know, how or when this happens. And, uh, but not if I just, I feel it. I feel it in my bones. I believe that's a line from one of his songs. And yeah, my music is coming back into my, into my consciousness. I'll be coming on a lot more with some tunes. And yes, I do play music. I've got four CDs, actually. If you, I know that we don't talk about CDs anymore, but if you go to Spotify, if you go to iTunes, and uh, any of the online, let me see, I can just quickly, not everybody's on Spotify. Some people really hate Spotify. I don't love it, but here I am. This is where I am. And I'm going to give you a direct link to to um, play the album that I've had most of my attention on right now. This was the album that I created, uh, I say, five minutes after I survived cancer. And uh, Billing Tano needs to learn how to play the drums. <laughs> there you go, Lamb Chop. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's where that's where there's beauty. There are three other recordings. One of them is under the name Vijaya. It's my East Indian name. My first name, if you don't know, is Victoria. I was called Vijaya in India. I stopped calling myself Vijaya because nearly every man that I ran into called it vagina instead of Vijaya. So I'm like, okay, this is over. <laughs> We're not doing this. Little inside uh, scoop there. And and then this this record, where there's beauty, it's called was my like, okay, I'm not, my, you know, my, I've been through, I've been through hell. I've met death a couple of times. It was nearly left for dead, managed to find the keys inside myself and, and, uh, you know, awaken that, that enemy within that wasn't my enemy. It was just needing my love and attention. And on the heels of that healing from a stage four lymphoma and three years of fighting for my life, 
the recording the album was the the first thing I did. It was the highest priority because the thought of dying with all of that in me was just wrong, right? We're not we're not meant to to have it all be in potential. It's meant to bloom and take shape and and be of benefit, not just to me, of course, but to anybody who would listen. And uh, and then I I said this the other day. I'm going to repeat it though, but it it's kind of like I was being prophetic to myself. The songs that I wrote while I was sick with cancer, I was I was actually writing to myself now. Incredible! I'm listening to it and I'm singing it and I'm going like, that message was for me. And you know, I've got a song about it's not really about Jesus, but Jesus turning water into wine called Breathless. I didn't have Jesus on my mind in those days at all because I was studying with a guru on a mountain. But Jesus came through and wrote this song, and then it's it's my medicine now. Right. Like, so how beautiful is that? And um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Billy Tono, for laughing at that. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's one of those things. Hello, Bala. Ooh, nice to meet you. Nice to see you here. And uh, he has a beautiful song called I Love You. I know I was thinking about that exact uh, that exact recommendation because going from a place that he was talking about of not being able to love because he did, he just wasn't connected with that element at all didn't didn't have even know if that was in him and then he's got a song that's like i love everybody i love my wife i love my family i love the life we live i love my dad i love my mom i love my sister and my brother I love my uh something and and God and we are one. <laughs> anyway, that's just a few. He's, his songs are in my head. It's like you can't you can't be unhappy listening to this music. And it's not just because it's rose-colored glasses and making everything seem pretty. It's you know the depth of where Daniel is coming from. Obviously, speaks to the um, how true this music is. It's you know because you, you can hear people la 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 and singing positive and stuff, and it's just like ah, I don't I don't I don't even like it. And, um, and then, yeah, Breathless, Breathless um, would be a good one. I, I, could, uh, I could play for you now. I was experimenting with the sound, and it's crappy on StreamYard, so I have to forgive me for this. And, uh, yeah, Breathless was exactly the song I was talking about. And, uh, yeah, he was thinking and loving me. My po uh, poetry is within is your divinity. Beautiful, John. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, definitely recommend heading over to Daniel David I am to, to hear his music and let's see how this works. I will work out the sound. I don't know how, but uh, maybe Zoom does better sound. I don't know. And yeah, so this is this is the song that where Jesus came through. Here we go. Okay, I have to learn to play this guitar. It's an electric guitar. I don't normally play an electric guitar, just mine is in the shop. I heard it's ready already. Here we go. And I'll try not to sing too loud into the mic. Once upon a time, Jesus turned water 
into wine. Mysterious genius would awaken the soul into thousand years time. And once upon a night, Jesus wept, morning tears into light. Mysterious genius could imagine compassion set angels wings to fly and Mary mother of the four dimensions my heart broke open in the breathlessness between us, the breathlessness of us, the breathlessness between us, the breathlessness of us. And beings are three among us, lovingly, holding the Trinity so lovingly. Once upon an age, Jesus wed his human with his divine, mysterious genius born of this union. May you make your love for all time. And Mary, mother of the four dimensions, my heart broke open in the breathlessness between us, the breathlessness of us. The breathlessness between us, the breathlessness of us, the breathlessness of us, the breathlessness of And there you have it. That's a song about uh, Jesus turning water into wine, that beautiful transformation that, like when Daniel said he was in jail and it went from black and white to full color, that's the birth of the spirit. And uh, so thank you for, uh, <laughs> oh, thank you very much. I appreciate your 
your kind love and uh, reflections there. And you can get my music. My web, my I believe my music is up at my website. You can actually buy. Oh, thank you, Bellingtono and SMO Spider. Um, you can actually get all four of my CDs. I think it's a whole twenty-five doll hairs, as my son says. Thank you, John. Thank you, Pinker Little. And uh, I'm glad Billingtono. Yeah, I was. I, I have to find out how to make good music on on a live stream because it's. You think my mic would be good? I, yeah. Anyway, and uh, and then so yeah, that um, so you can you can get all of them all as uh, actual downloads, actual MP3s, not just like Spotify or iTunes where you can play it. But um, yeah, Daniel actually he's smart. He took all his music off Spotify, off iTunes. There you you cannot get his music anywhere except danieldavidiam.com. So it's a kind of wise move for him to uh, just take take his music into his own hands. And it's free to stream. You can listen over and over and over again. And I definitely recommend it. Uh, so yeah, if uh, I'm just going to repeat for this, if anybody didn't see, the mic was good, no peaking. Excellent. Good. I know, you know, it's so funny because I'm not a rookie. I've done a lot of performing. I know when to pull away from the mic and not to sing hard in the mic. So yeah, I was, uh, yeah, anyway, and uh, Mike sounded good. Perfect. Okay, I, good to know. Good to know. So yeah, I'm reteaching myself and we'll be playing at Soulshine at, um, in the um, September long weekend here in Canada, just outside of Toronto. Uh, shout out to them. And um, coming up this week, we're going to be hosting Kyle Denton to, from Tippecanoe to talk about all the beautiful herbs. And he has a very unique take, like he's definitely a forest being, and the first thing, what inspired me to really reach out to him was he was talking about getting nettles and nettles are like amazing because when you, when you like eat and ingest them, it gives you great uh, health benefit, but nettles, when you touch them, it's like, holy, you know, I did that one time I was, I went to pull a weed. I didn't know what it was. I grabbed the nettle with my hand. It was like, oh, big regret. Right. But he, he has uh, a system for using nettle to heal and like slap especially with people with arthritis and maybe bone issues and pain and all that kind of thing. So that's what inspired me. He's really thinking outside the box with things that we think we know about nature. So he's coming on Monday, I believe at 2 p.m. Central. And then Wednesday at 1.30 in the afternoon, I'm doing my open house for Journey Code. I know you guys are hearing about it, but it is um, going to be a fantastic little gathering. All my Journey Code gatherings are beautiful. They are they are a place for connection. The Journey Code people become family, just like Daniel was talking about in his mastermind, where people entangle. They become each other's best friends. They stay related. They continue to support each other. They meet up like a bunch of my people met up this summer in, in Ontario. So that was so fun. And um, and then, uh, yeah, what, what uh, amp am I using? Oh, it is the crappiest little amp. The, the, the decal thing just fell off. My son won't even play it. He's a total snob. He won't use my, he, he'll actually play the electric guitar without an amp because he doesn't like my amp. But um, it just, I bought it from uh, uh, a little old man who was in my yoga classes many years ago. And he would fall down all the time. And I guess he was feeling done with his hands that he couldn't play guitar. So he, he's like, here, Beth, you should buy my guitar. And I'm like, okay. And it came with an app. So yeah, I'll just, I'll see. Yeah. And I'm not, no, it's, uh, it's, it's the, the amp is just coming through the mic behind me. So there's no hookup whatsoever. Probably would take a little bit more equipment to, or I guess a US, maybe a USB cord from the amp. Does that work something with the output? I don't know. My son might be able to help me and his dad for sure. So, uh, 
Yeah, you even traveled to the UK crystal clear, uh, sweet, sweet as. Uh, nice, nice. Fenya Fairy Gardener. Do we know each other? And I just don't know your name from the screen name. Unfortunately, you missed Cell Salts with Benjamin. Hopefully, you can watch later. Yes, yes. Uh, that should be posted by the end of today. It was a fantastic workshop. We, we chatted late into the night last night about it. And, uh, you know, so if you're a House of Free Will member or you would like to be, there is a link below in the chat. You can uh, apply to be a member. And um, don't be scared about the application. I just want to see that we're actually related. We have some similar values enough that it's going to work in the House of Free Will, given that it's... Uh, it is a um, private domain, uh, I call, call it ministry, you know, faith-based, but honestly, we're not there to, to see who's right and who's wrong at all, you know, and I think those people are gone now. I just, they, they might have uh, all let themselves out the back door, which is just fine. And, um, oh, crystal clear is music. Okay, good good to know. Yeah, so so the workshop with Ben Balderson, he was thinking like he, he's too shocking. And so language warning on that workshop, for sure, lots of uh, F-bombs there and some adult content. Though, you know, here's the thing. He's not coming at it from a place of like, uh, I don't know, it's different, right? When it's lascivious or like mm, kind of lusty and disgusting and stuff like that. He's talking about masculine, feminine energy and, and it, and you, you can't talk about masculine feminine without talk about coupling, talking about coupling, right? That's, it, 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 you know, the marriage, all that, whether it's happening at the spiritual level or here in the flesh. Uh, so anyway, he thought it might've been too shocking, but I don't, I think my people can handle it. I don't think it's too shocking at all. So, so having said that, you might want to join just to see that workshop. Uh, Carolyn Tobin is going to be giving a workshop next week on discernment, how to see we think we see, but we're actually in reality. She's one of my Journey Code coaches and apprentices, by the way. We see through our programming. It is like a box on the head and not a good box, not a good cube like we talked about in the in the stream with Daniel today. And it's a, a way to you know really gain clarity. And that's why I'm so hip about uh, offering this fifth round of Journey Code coaching certification because these people that come in and Everybody has gifts. Everyone has talents, right? Like Daniel was saying, we all are members of the body of Christ in our way. We are meant to bring our peace forward because that that body can't be complete without us all doing this. Why I've been harping on purpose work for most of my career since, since uh, surviving cancer 20 years ago. And, uh, and so if we all bring our peace then that's how, as a humanity, we can gain wholeness. And it doesn't mean we have to align with every person on the earth. It means we have to be a body with our people, how God created us to be connected, kind of like we are now, and it's just to the next level, right? So, um, yeah, that's, um, that's beautiful. And uh, Pamela shared a song. Did I miss something? Oh, no, Pamela is saying, thank you for sharing the song. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. And uh, and so if you get Daniel, no explanation needed. That's great. And uh, Lamb Chop said, love that. We see through our programming, thought-provoking. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like Daniel said, like all of a sudden the lights go on. You can actually lift clouds. I, I was experimenting this with this for a while, how everybody's got a kind of like orgone machine or they boil the vinegar and stuff like that. And a colleague of mine, one of my apprentices, we're, we're talking, she was going like, every time I really release in a profound way, the sky opens. And I'm like, yeah, I, 
I bet it does. And I've had that, those experiences myself. And then I started doing it deliberately where there was, you know, a lot of crap in the sky and the trails and all that kind of stuff. And, and I was able to see how like the, the crap was still around me, but it was not over me. So very interesting. We can, we can move the world. God is, it's because God's behind us, not because, because you're God or because you're so great in a prideful kind of way. Neither are you a lesser than in also a prideful way, but because we have God behind us going like, grow, grow, <laughs> right? You're here to grow, just like yelling at the grass saying grow or yelling at the computers, uh, cute computers, I mean, cucumbers, I have cucumbers on the brain and telling them to grow. Try not to knock my guitar over. Electric guitars are very slippery. It's funny to know. And uh, yes, the, the, the coaching certification, certification coming up is an enormous opportunity for personal growth. I've never seen people grow at the rate that they do is phenomenal because first of all, you get, you know, weekly classes. It really keeps you on track. It keeps me on track, right? I create what I need also. And so it puts you in the vortex and it, and it gives you that accountability because you're surrounded by people who give a shit. They actually care. And the more brave you are to bring yourself forward, the more intimacy and connection you end up creating and the stronger that bond and the positive entanglement that gets created and the more healing becomes possible because the element of witness becomes more powerful, more clear. You're no longer wearing a box in your head or not to the same degree. You can see the light. You're creating light. Your witness takes on a whole new power, a whole new frequency. It amps it up and then you become a bigger blessing to the people around you. And that's the hero's journey, right? We're here to bless. We're not just here to be blessed and have what we want and meet all our goals and all of that kind of thing, which is something good to get as well because we can prove to ourselves. Oh yeah, we just touched on that in the interview. When you start proving to yourself that you can, it's not the destination, it's not the end, but that's a really good fertilizer for true healing breakthrough and, and the creation of a kingdom for others to thrive. And uh, yet God, God gives us what we ask for. That's it. That's it. And if we're speaking unconsciously through our programs, then God gives us that, right? If we're afraid and, oh, that's really nice. Someone just applied for the house of free will. And, uh, the journey code open house as well. So fantastic. And the King hero quiz, by the way, if you haven't maybe been connected with me very long and you've uh, not come across it on my homepage, bethmartins.com, you can find a place, just put your email and your, and your name in and uh, you get access to the King hero quiz. It is an archetype quiz that I actually got some beautiful feedback from Kyle Denton, the tip of canoe guy who's on, on here on Monday and he just went uh, and I get, I think he was stalking me and looking at everything. So we signed up for the quiz. He took the quiz and uh, he wrote me a letter and he said, I didn't expect much from it because their, you know, personality quizzes are just like, oh, now you're typed. Now you're, now you're in a pigeonhole or now you like, you think you know something about yourself, but this is a little bit different. And there's some follow-up material that comes with it video so you can get to learn a little bit more about the shadows and the gifts of those archetypes and he said that he had a breakthrough just doing my quiz for 10 minutes right so that was really fun that he he saw himself and uh, no doubt we'll talk about that on monday in the interview so yeah the journey code coaching certification has a lot of archetype work there's an entire section eight 
actually nine weeks, one on the hero's journey itself as an archetype, and then one for each of the archetypes of the hero's journey. So you get to see through the lens. You let you learn to read, you learn to see. It's not, it's not like a magic trick. It's not, it's not, there's no evil in it. It's just God made us to see. We have eyes to see. We see from our senses, multiple senses, and I don't know, sixth sense or, you know, our, our intuition, the one that needs no logic or knowledge to reach a conclusion, yet logic and knowledge that masculine is such a good marriage to those leaps of feminine faith and intuition. And when you learn to read archetypes for yourself, you see specifically where you're stuck, and then you can go to work specifically deprogramming in that place. But also you learn how to read others, not so you can pigeonhole and type them, but so that you can speak their language, so you can know what they're struggling with, so you could know potentially how better to assist them. You could know what they are capable of. And again, communicating with them can become infinitely more easy when you see like, oh, they're a king and this is what they value. And these are the words that they will hear, not to manipulate them, but to create that connection or to be able to actually help somebody. So I'm going to write an email real soon about um, giving advice. And are you tired of giving people advice that don't take it? And that this training is a really big cure to that. Be, yeah, the, the only constant is change. <laughs> yeah, this, the, the change and the source of the change. I would, I would add to that, Fenya Fairy Gardner. Uh, and uh, yeah, so whatever thought I was having, I just, I just lost that. But we, yeah, we see, we do, do see through that programming, and, uh, and then having something to hold on to, it becomes life itself, right? That's, that's the thing, and it doesn't go away even when we die. This, this I know without out, uh, a doubt at all. All right. Well, I think I'm uh, just going on here. Thank you guys for sticking in with me. Thank you to Daniel David and uh, sharing his work. The Wow. I'm so glad I asked about the addiction and that he was able to share something about that. It's really powerful. I definitely see him helping people in that way. There's so many people stuck. And I love you guys a lot. I look forward to seeing you here again on Monday. If you want to join the House of Free Will, then we have that workshop coming up next week. It's good to apply a little early. It gives me a chance to get your application and then respond. And that's um, two steps, just so you know, the application itself doesn't, doesn't, isn't your membership. The second step is to go and accept the agreement. There's a four-page agreement. It's a little on the lengthy, but I think everything in there is super relevant. Just so it's clear that we are in relationship with each other in, in a kind of contract with each other, but it's the house of free will. So uh, it, I'm, I'm never forcing anyone to anything. <laughs> All right. I am uh, going to call it a day from here. I love you guys. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.